This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Thank you for listening to Real Presence Live. This is Father Richard Kuntz along with Cindy Jennings. We're coming to you from the Diocese of Duluth, St. James Catholic Church. Our first hour went very well, Cindy, at least I think. Yes, it did. I thought it, it went well. I, some of the yeah. questions came in. I was able to to talk about how much I suffered last night, and you were able to talk about <laughs> your son, and hopefully he'll be doing better with the prayers mm-hmm. of the listeners. And I did. I do have to say that I'm a, uh, I misspoke. I misspeak a lot, I think, when I'm on the air. And so I said that I, I don't want to say that I misspoke because our next guest was a good friend of mine, but I said a good friend of mine that will have a good break. <laughs> so it's, I hope I hope that our listeners listeners had a good two minute break, a little bit of a break from from us, and so uh, hopefully you had a good break. And uh, welcome back to Real Presence Live. Is that lack of sleep? It is a lack of sleep. I did not sleep very well last night, as we already talked about. We yeah. don't talk about that anymore. No. So anyhow, sometimes we have guests that are return uh, return guests, and and uh, Dan Dan Doherty, welcome to Real Presence Live. It's good to have you back on the air. Glad to be here. We have return guests when the guests are very good and they have uh, uh, continually. Uh, compelling things to talk about. And uh, uh, Dan, you can uh, talk a little bit, just tell us a little bit about yourself for the listeners who haven't heard from you before. Well, uh, I'm born born in Duluth, raised in a little farm right outside of Duluth in Hermantown. Uh, My father was a funeral director. His father was a funeral director. My son is a funeral director. Um, My dad always said to be a good funeral director, you just needed two qualifications, a strong back and a weak mind. (laughs) And that pretty much makes me perfect at this Well, you are perfect for that. Yes, I am. Um, We're a family of funeral directors right now in Minnesota. There's, I think, 10 Doherty funeral directors. Really? uh, Two in Duluth, four in Hibbing, Hibbing, where the original Doherty funeral home was, and then uh, four in Minneapolis. Wow, all related. Mm -hmm. Yes, um, se- sec- um, third and fourth generation. Wow, okay. Yeah. So you, uh, I mean, you, you here in Duluth, you have Doherty's, but you have another one as well, right? Uh, yes, we also, we were approached by uh, uh, owners of Williams and Lobermeyer about four or five years ago to merge with them, and we did. Mm-hmm. So, and very happy we did, and it's really turned out very nice for us and for them, I believe, too. Yeah, yeah. And it's from the priest standpoint, we're happy when that happens because your service is so good. And so Thank you. for us to work with um, uh, other funeral homes that we know that's got the Doherty service is, is uh, very important from a priest standpoint. Well, we try really hard. And my dad um, gave me two pieces of advice when I started. He said, uh, number, one, number one is if the, if the family wants you to stand on your head in the corner, ask them what corner and for how long. Mm-hmm. And number two, don't upset the lunch ladies. Oh, yeah. Well, that's very important. Uh, as a priest, I can tell you that, too. It's yes, like, it is. I, your dad could have gave that advice to me as well, don't yep. upset the lunch ladies. Um, you know, I mean, we, to talk a little bit, you know, I mean, uh, I don't mean to be a commercial for Doherty Funeral Home here in Duluth, but, you know, there is a there is a new phenomenon, maybe it's not new, a phenomenon of big business entering into the funeral home industry. Can you speak a little bit to that as to... For, as to you know, what are the advantages, what are the disadvantages of something like that, and how does a family-owned funeral home differ? I can tell you from my experience, but I want you to talk about that. Well, with us, you don't have to call corporate headquarters to get a decision. Mm-hmm. Um, I work with, I think, the best funeral directors in the country, and they don't need to come and ask me, or my son Daniel, we're both owners of the funeral home, uh, for our permission to do something. Mm-hmm. They know what They know what they can do. If they want to do something special, absolutely. Um, 
the problem with the corporate-owned funeral home is um, they think there's something isn't is an what's called an average funeral, and there is not an average funeral. Right. Um, no two funerals are alike. No two funeral arrangements are alike. Uh, we had one of our part-time funeral assistants start, and he did a he worked a service. And I said, "Now you I said, "Are you working tomorrow?" He said, "Yes." I said, "We're probably not going to do anything we did today." And he looked at me like, you know, we're mm-hmm. very surprised. And when we were done the next day, he said, "You're right. We didn't do anything that we did yesterday." Oh. So that. That makes it too sort of, it's not very boring either because you can't, it's not average. You you better mm-hmm. be ready to make any changes and right. that the family wants. And so, do you th- so do you think a larger corporation that's into the funeral home business now these days look at it as a cookie cutout yes. type of thing? Yeah. Um, and then that becomes impersonal. Exactly. And that's why they... Um, why the corporate-owned funeral homes in Duluth have, or in Minnesota have not done well is, first of all... Um, in many states, they're able to, with their prearrangements, keep a percentage of the money. Mm-hmm. Where in Minnesota, they can't. 100% of the money goes into a trust, either pay up life insurance policy or a CD in a bank. And when the death occurs, the family can choose to go there or they can go anywhere they want. And all the money goes with. And that, in a lot of the states, which is scary, like Florida, probably has the worst laws in regards to funerals and prearranged funerals. You know the largest senior population, and and uh, we cringe every time somebody has a funeral prearranged down there, and then they transfer it up here because they lose all of the growth, right? Everything like that. So um, in Minnesota, they have not done well, also because they don't have the latitude that the locally owned funeral home has either. Um, if they were doing good, you know, you take a look in Duluth, um, all. Corp- these were all corporate-owned funeral homes, but it was Johnson's, Crawford's, Fred Olson's, Bell Brothers, and Jarvie Dowd were all owned by corporations, and they're all closed. And mm-hmm. so um, I've had people that have had a corporate funeral home move into their city, and they call us, say, what's it like? And I say, it's like a gift, a gift from heaven because they they can't do what you can do. Right. And they're not going to do it as well as you do it. Right. And it's turned out pretty good for everybody yeah and i mean again from the from the from the priest standpoint from the guy who's you know doing the funerals and working with the families that are experiencing this i can just say it's much easier to work with a family owned than it is a corporate mm-hmm. for a whole host of reasons right and so just you know i mean from this is from a priest side of thing that it's not to be a commercial but there's there's definitely a difference in mm-hmm. service uh, between a family-owned funeral home and a corporate-owned right. funeral home. And this, a lot of the funeral directors at the corporate funeral homes are, are good people and good sure, funeral course, directors, absolutely. but they're handcuffed by right. the by right. the company right. that owns them. You know, the ones that we have in Duluth um, are owned by a corporation out of Florida. Yeah. Um, let's let's talk a little bit about, um, uh, you know, like the faith. You know, you experience, one of the things that you, you're, and you have to be good at this to be a funeral home director, is your ability to be... You, you, it's like you suffer with the people. It's you're so good at being there and being present to them. Maybe speak a little bit about, you know, people, you see a difference of people and how they come to the funeral home. Let's say if they, they've got a, a stressful death or even well, all deaths are going to be stressful. People of a strong faith versus people that have no faith. Do you see a difference in how they relate to their experience of death? The hardest uh, funerals for us to arrange are people that don't have any faith because there's, you know, that's it. Show's over. They're dead. Mm-hmm. Nothing else happens. And if you have just a sliver of faith, 
that gives that's a sliver of hope. Right. And then um, then they're going to do better. But they but the people that don't have faith they're looking at us, you know, like deer eyes. Like what's you know this is it. Right. Um, for us as funeral directors, I don't know of a funeral director that doesn't believe in doesn't believe in God um, because there's been too many, as I call them, miracles mm-hmm. that I've seen and you hear from people that um, that has to there has to be somebody. Right. And for me and for most of us. All we have to do is take care of the family because the person himself is in a better place and being taken care mm-hmm. of. In my mind, he's they know they're perfect again, mm-hmm. and so all we have to do is take care of the family and get them from the bottom up into the going in the right direction right. for the healing. Right. Well, I I mean I can say from experience, you guys were quite amazing. Like I still think of how it just felt like you guys were family to us mm-hmm. to everybody. So I thank you for that. My husband passed away almost five years ago. Um, has your faith always been there? And did it kind of go generation? Like, did your whole family have faith in God because uh, they were funeral directors? Or were you just raised on faith? Or how did that? I, I guess I've always kind of had it. Um, I'm, I, I also believe in karma. As oh, I was right. telling <laughs> you know, um, I just had breakfast with a lady that I just love and her husband. Her husband died the other day. And... Um, she gave me her husband always had a two dollar bill and so she said i want this to go with them and so i put it in my money clip because of where i keep the money or my money and um somebody said at breakfast well don't forget it i said i believe in karma (laughs) 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 and and if i don't put it this with email he's going to be meeting with me when i get up there and say hey what happened to that two dollars so so i do um i I live my life to where I don't want to have to explain myself on the last day, right? And I want to be welcomed. So I, I am a. I've always been. If the whole priesthood gig doesn't work out, I've always thought funeral home stuff would be something I'd be fascinated in. What? I what? don't know if you've got the weak mind though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I believe I do actually. <laughs> Maybe I don't have a strong back. Maybe that's my problem. But so you you say you a lot of unique experiences, and we've talked over the years about some of your experiences, but maybe share with some listeners in the, a couple minutes before this first break. What are some of you? The first you know, the first miracle that I remember was we had a baby's funeral at the funeral home, and it was a rotten, cold, windy, rainy October day. And we processed up to Calvary. And when we got to the gate, it stopped raining. We got to the grave, we had sunshine. And before we were out of the cemetery, it rained again and continued to rain. Now, if, you know, there is a God and he does love us and he's, you know, you get to see little miracles like that or uh, it makes you feel good. Yeah. I have to say that that I have noticed that a lot mm-hmm. at the cemetery, mm-hmm. the, the whole weather change. Yep. That seems common almost. Yeah. We have umbrellas in all our cars and we use them maybe once a year, maybe. Yeah. So it, uh, it mine all... was cold and windy. What's that mean? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh, well, <laughs> is that bad karma? I've, <laughs> I've been at two, two. I've been at a gravesite at 103 and one at 35 below, and they're both relatives. Oh my <laughs> so gosh, really? 103 was in Dallas when my uncle died, and then uh, the 35 below was my mom's mom, and it, and that was back in the day at Calvary. You didn't go to the grave, but I oh sure called up Earl and I said uh, we're going to the grave. The uh, the vault's been ordered, and wow. so 
Yeah. Well, um, uh, yeah, I mean, there's got to be a whole bunch of other fascinating stories that we'll get to them a little bit after the break. But we've been uh, talking to Dan Doherty. Uh, he's a local Catholic funeral home director here in Duluth. And uh, um, just from my standpoint, as I already said, working with him is very great from the priest standpoint. And, and uh, we're going to be visiting with him a little bit more after we take this quick break. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. The world is changing fast and needs problem solvers and critical thinkers. Right here in your backyard, Not Marty believes every student has the potential to serve the world and make a difference. We will help you obtain a degree that prepares you for success by exploring your talents and passion. Our community goes above and beyond to help each student feel at home, surrounded by love and support. We can't wait for you to see what's possible. We hope the future brings you here, close to home at mountmarty.edu. Rose Management is a family-owned business that believes in good morals, doing the right thing, and treating our residents as family. Rose Management provides affordable housing to complexes throughout North Dakota and Minnesota. All Rose Management properties and our maintenance staff are in a centralized location in their cities. If you have any questions, you can call 701-237-6840 or online at rosemanagement.net. Again, that number is 701-237-6840. Hi, this is Dr. Ryan Sappo from Lumen Vision in South Fargo near Saints Anne and Joachim Church. Lumen Vision is a full-service eye care facility that provides eye exams for both children and adults. We offer a variety of frames with missions you can believe in, like Eco Eyewear, an environmentally friendly frame company that plants a tree for each frame sold. For more information about our mission and scheduling your appointment online, you can go to Lumen.Vision. Lumen Vision is a proud sponsor of the Real Presence Radio Network. It's a great time to spring into summer at Riverview Senior Living Community in Fargo. Hi, I'm Carrie Dew, Executive Director. We are currently accepting new independent and assisted living residents. Riverview provides a safe, comfortable place to live with a small town Main Street feel with home-cooked food, a la carte care services, daily activities, and mass five days a week. You can contact Marin or Katie to find out about all that Riverview has to offer at 701-237-4700 or at homeishere.org. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Welcome back to Real Presence Live, and we've been talking to a good friend of mine, Dan Doherty of Doherty Funeral Home here in Duluth. So, Dan, can you kind of talk to us about, um, you know, being in this kind of atmosphere every day? seems to be draining, but you get those little glimpses of hope here and there. How do you handle this, um, like your life outside this? Where do you find happiness outside of this death? Well, first of, first of all, you have to have a terrible sense of humor. <laughs> and he does. <laughs> to get through this. Um, you know, I, I, when I got into the business, I noticed that my dad would come home from work and immediately go out to the, you know, down to the barn and get on a tractor wouldn't hardly talk or do everything. And it wasn't until I started doing it, it was just like, okay, well, he's absolutely stressed out, and this is a place where he's either taking out his aggression by going with a loader into a hill and scraping something or doing something like that. And, and um, I remember 
when I first noticed it in 87, I had shoulder reconstruction, and so um, they had to put my shoulder all back together. And so I would, um, and at that year, we also had a baby that was uh, lived 21 hours. And so, um, so the surgery was in January. The baby was, you know, born and died uh, Thursday before Memorial Day. And uh, I noticed that to get my shoulder stretched out, I would go out onto the sidewalk and I'd shoot a tennis ball against the house with a hockey stick. And I, and when I really got keyed, I would aim for a window, try to try to break the window. And I really tried, but the problem is I'm a goalie in <laughs> hockey, so I never developed a shot. But that was my therapy for getting through it was myself, was to go out and take some aggression out on something. I think that's why I could hit a golf ball 300 yards, too. Uh, you just uh. go out and hit. And I would, being on a farm, too, I would go out and get on a tractor. And there's to me, there's nothing better to sit on a tractor. And now with, with the, uh, the bows... Right. Uh, ear so things you can sit on the track to listen to your books or your music and you, life is good you had said something that i found very, uh, very interesting during the break about how uh you know um and i i don't i just want to cue you and you say it but how everybody that you're dealing with is having a worse day than you right <laughs> uh, and, and that has actually caused problems with me at home um everybody we're dealing with is having a much worse day than i'm having and so I'd go home and I would hear, you know, that the kids aren't doing this or that. And in my mind, I'm going, well, what do you have to complain about? Mrs. Smith is, you know, blah, blah, blah. And that was bad. Yeah. And so I needed to correct that. That, um, but um, So it didn't work? <laughs> no, that was not good. <laughs> uh, so, um, you, and you had all mentioned earlier, we have to show empathy for the family, but we can't our hardest part of our job quite often is not crying because perfectly honest, they're not paying us to cry, to mm -hmm. cry. They're paying us to make sure everything goes, you know, smooth. Right. And so like with your husband, you know, we didn't want to be there. You didn't want to be there. Nobody wanted to be there, but we had to be there and we had to make sure everything was done right. And so, as you know, I usually sit in the front pew with the mm -hmm. pallbearers. And so, and if there's no pallbearers, I just sit by myself or with all my friends. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> You know, and that's when, you know, all of a sudden a tear will go down or something like that. But it's that's the hardest part is not crying for the services because it, it's devastating and Yeah. And you know, you know, from a from a from a priest standpoint, you know, I I tend to think that, you know, my type of job is tough because it's always dealing with heavy emotions mm -hmm. at all levels. All levels. Correct. You know, and and uh, it's not just death but a whole bunch of other things. But uh, usually the highest level of emotion is death. Mm -hmm. And so it's like I can't complain because my good friend Dan Doherty is dealing with this all the time and how you do it, you know. Well, it it, it really helps to go to love to go to work. Mm -hmm. And I love what I do. And part of that is the people I work with. I love who I work with. Yeah. And um, it makes it so, you know, I don't I don't have to work. If I didn't want to, I wouldn't have to work on Saturdays. But I do because I like it. I right. like I like working with the people I work with. I like taking care of the families. It's never really, never really been work for me. Probably one of the I would I would guess that probably the most raw emotional part of your job is when you're on call to pick up a body. That is, and you've got to be very sensitive uh, to that. And um, I haven't been on call for a while. Right. Um, um, That's one of the perks of owning the business and being the boss, of right? Course. Well, although I was on call for. 
25 years. Yeah, so what's that like? I mean, um, well, if you have something planned, you're guaranteed that somebody will die. Absolutely. Yep. <laughs> I can I can vouch for that yep. as a priest. Yeah. Um, if uh, I used to tell people, I said, now, if you're planning a, a picnic outside, and if it's 90% chance of rain, call to see if I'm on call. And if I'm on call, then go ahead and do it because it's not going to rain. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, things like that. Um, it's people, when you get to the house and somebody looks at you and they smile and they say, we're so happy you're here. We're so glad you came. You know, that's 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 really makes me feel good too yeah. and when we do a good job and the families come up after and say you know you guys were wonderful that's uh, we like those attaboys too i mean mm-hmm. it's it makes us it makes us feel be, mm-hmm. you know because you know uh, nobody nobody wants to call us right um but yeah. And as a priest, I don't want to get a call from you. No, I know. <laughs> especially during Holy Week. Yeah, especially during Holy Week. Yeah. Can you talk to us, because you told me on break about how um, the Spanish flu, yep. your grandfather was the yes. director of the funeral in Hibbing? My dad's dad had the funeral home in Hibbing, and actually that's the oldest business, active business in Hibbing today still. Um, and that was so bad. You know, we have our COVID now, but the Spanish flu was so bad. People were bringing their life savings into my grandfather's office, putting it on his desk and say, what's your secret? And he'd look at them like, he, you know, but the thing was, is he was taking care of, and it was wiping out families, it was wiping out churches, it was wiping out everything. But nobody, he wasn't, none of his family wasn't getting sick and, and things like that. And um, back when I did take call, I never got sick. And I think it was a combination of, uh, being, you know, just because a person has died, that doesn't mean what's killed him has died. And so you build up an immunity. But also embalming, it's a formaldehyde, and you breathe that in, and I think that killed a lot of stuff too, and probably including our lungs. Yeah. So, I mean, we have, you know, we have, we have some very tight guidelines, which we have now, which we didn't have back in 1982. So, but, um, you know, so people think this is bad. Well, this was nothing. This COVID was nothing compared to the Spanish flu. You'd, you'd made mention about, so how many, ballpark figure, how many funerals have you had since COVID started back in March around here? Two, probably 250 or so. And out of 250 funerals, how many have been COVID deaths? Maybe four. And, yeah. you know, we've, uh, and with all the false positives and false negatives, probably... You know, you really can't know if that's for us, right? Because some people might be shocked by that because you you listen to the news, you think that everybody's dying by COVID. Well, but then that's what keeps the news going, right? Uh, but in some some of the bigger cities, when people are stacked on top of each other, you're going to get more um, you're going to get more people. But people ask, I always say, well, "Okay, Dan, when are you busy?" And my response is always, "When you and everybody you know has a bad cold," because it all. You know, with it, it kind of all has to do with oxygen. If you're in questionable health and you have a bad cold, you're not getting enough oxygen, which causes pressure on the heart, which causes pressures on the kidney, which causes fluid to build up in the lungs, which causes pressure on the heart, and so it's a big, big ugly circle, big ugly, right. you know, circle. Right. So this is this is worse than the normal flu, but it's nowhere near the Spanish flu. I'm. I mean, I don't want to take Cindy's. If she's got a question, no, but go ahead. but I've certainly no- noticed as priests how COVID has affected funerals. 
Well, at least we're getting back to somewhat normalcy mm-hmm. um, when we could not hug people, and we're still not supposed to, but... A lot of it's you didn't hear me this, but I, I do. <laughs> right. um, it's hard to know people. You've known people your whole life, and they come in, and they you know they look at you, and they're ready to cry. I mean, there is nothing better than a hug. Oh. And I remember seeing this one thing, and it's hug like you mean it. It's, so it's not a, mm-hmm. it is a, it's a hug. Mm-hmm. And um, the worst part about, to me, I mean, it was bad. And the families could be at, the families could be at the funeral. Uh, but there were people dying in the nursing homes and the hospitals where no one was able to be with them. Oh, that was and so sad. There is, uh, uh, and t- there is no reason for that, as far as I'm concerned. We, you know, back, right. in, you know, if you went to visit your child who's having a baby in the hospital, you know, they gowned you up, they did whatever, mm-hmm. and people dying alone is absolutely ridiculous. Right. Dan, uh, you've been great again. I'm, I guarantee you I'm going to be calling you back All again right. at some point. And so <laughs> okay. thank you for coming back on the air again. I'm, uh, you're the best funeral director I know, and I, I love working with you. And So so you did get it. my check then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, so thanks for joining us, uh, I'm Dan. very happy to come here. Uh, after the break, we'll be talking to another Dan, Captain Dan Rentschler from uh, uh, Duluth here, uh, captain of one of the Great Lakes ships after our break. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. 